The North Remembers Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the draft preview of the North Remembers podcast. I'm John Schmidt here all by myself. Rennie Lesfranc has got his hands full packing up for the holiday weekend here. So uh, it's just going to be me and possibly uh, Paul Morellis, if I can get him to join us, uh, will be on as well a little bit later talking about the draft. Uh, so, well... Once again, as I said in the first uh, opening podcast of the year, welcome everybody back to another exciting season. It looks as though we shouldn't have anything to worry about uh, as far as COVID screwing things up because we're only a week away. Seven days from when I'm recording this here, Thursday afternoon, evening, uh, September 3rd, uh, we're looking ahead to next week and we got Kansas City playing Houston. Quite the matchup. Uh You got Mahomes against Watson, two of the best quarterbacks, two of the best fantasy quarterbacks going to be going at it and a lot of other firepower on those offenses. It'll be interesting to see 
uh, how Watson is going to adjust without having his number one receiver uh, who was traded uh, earlier in the season. So uh, it should be interesting with that game. But the, uh, the first thing I want to do here is actually get into uh, a little bit of what's going on in the NFL here right now. NFL headlines. And, well, first things first, Leonard Fournette, what do you know? <laughs> uh, a lot of people were making the prediction that uh, he was going to end up uh, in, in Brady's corner over in Tampa Bay there. Not a far move, still in Florida, no income tax. Uh, and I think he's a good fit there too, but... We'll see. Uh, Brady seems to get control of the locker room with some of these uh, cancers, as we'd like to call them. Uh, he's had a lot of them in New England, and we'll see how he can handle having Fournette and his attitude there in Tampa Bay. I think it's a great move by them. Uh, Bruce Arians said today that uh, Fournette is not the starter. He still uh, he still thinks it's going to be his guy uh, that he's been riding uh, for a while here, so we'll see if that's the case, but I'm not really sure. Uh, it's it's one of those things where I think that the more you look at it, uh, the more you see the issues. Uh, but Rojo's our guy. That's uh, that's what he said today. I'm looking at the headline right now, and it seems like he's really uh, he's really on Ronald Jones's bandwagon. So we'll see what happens here. I don't think it's really going to be that big of a, that big of an adjustment for Fournette. Uh, the way Tampa runs the ball, Arians' offense. Uh, I mean, I think. I think that Ronald Jones will be more of that pass catcher there. And don't forget, you got uh, McCoy, LaShawn McCoy there as well, and he was supposed to be the pass catcher as well. So there's quite a few running backs. So this running back by committee in Tampa Bay could be what we're going to see a lot of, uh, just like we saw in New England all those years. Then not to mention, you got uh, got OJ and Gronk sitting there at tight end. Uh, So Brady's got some weapons, and I don't even need to mention the wide receivers, obviously with Godwin and Evans. Uh, so that could be a real potent offense, and uh, I think people are going to be maybe uh, picking players a little bit sooner than we'd expect sometimes because uh, because of the hype, kind of like Cleveland last year. So it should be interesting to see which way people go with that. Another headline that I've been reading quite a bit about uh, uh, over the past uh, 24 to 48 hours here is a lot to do uh, with Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor uh, the former Badger standout Heisman Trophy finalist from Wisconsin, uh, and just them talking about how they're, it's a perfect tandem. It fits their scheme absolutely great there in, in Indianapolis. Um, and, you know, you got Mac, who's established himself. Uh, he definitely helped my team uh, in fantasy last year, uh, and he was definitely the person that... Uh, that won me a couple weeks uh, that I probably shouldn't have. So uh, having him coming off his first 1,000-yard rushing season when he also scored eight touchdowns, uh, he's got extra motivation, I'd say, after not receiving a contract extension this offseason too. And then, you know, you draft somebody like Jonathan Taylor, it's not exactly a, a vote of confidence in your direction necessarily, but I think Indy's got that idea as, you know what, we don't want to kill our running backs by running them 30, 35 times a game because uh, that's what Taylor did at Wisconsin. And, you know, it can really it can really wear you down. So I think they're thinking of, you know, maybe 10 to 15 carries a piece a game and use them in the passing game. Max a lot more uh, versatile when it comes to that. Taylor, he got better as the season went on last year, but he was never known for his pass catching as most running backs from Wisconsin necessarily aren't. So it'll be pretty exciting to see that tandem. It's a good problem to have for the Colts, uh, but for one of those trying to figure out which direction they want to go with their fantasy drafts, not exactly the 
the best thing to look at there. But I, I think both of them could be great pickups. And I, whatever one doesn't get uh, drafted right away, better watch out and try to get them as the uh, as one of your backups because both those guys have a chance to get injured. Uh, Taylor's had some problems here and there, just not nothing serious, uh, but definitely an issue that he's had in college where he had a couple uh, minor injuries. Just like Melvin Gordon, we've seen that with him as well. Uh, so as far as another headline that I was looking at uh, over the past week or so, uh, and it was a lot to do with uh, not just the running backs, but the, the sleepers and some of the breakout players here. And I, I really think that uh, Kyler Murray sitting there in, in Arizona, I think he's ready to make a jump. Uh, he's, got the, he's got the talent behind him. I mean, if you really take a look at uh, who he's got sitting behind him there at Arizona, I mean, he got Brent Hundley as the backup. So uh, not really worried about him losing his job if he's not playing good. And I think Kenyon Drake, uh, he really showed in Miami and... Uh, uh, you know, some of those games where people were wondering, you know, Miami's just throwing in the towel. He was busting his butt out there, taking a lot of carries, catching the ball well. He's a he's a three-down running back. He's their goal line back. So Kenyon Drake, a good person to have there. And then you look at the wide receivers. There's the aforementioned wide receiver from Houston, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, sitting there at wide receiver one. He's He arguably was the best receiver in the NFL coming into last season. So a great target for Kyler Murray to have Christian Kirk, uh, been definitely showing his uh, improvement over the past couple of years, getting better and better. And then, of course, the ageless one, Larry Fitzgerald is the wide receiver three. And then we're looking at the tight end, and that's where I've, I've got some questions. we got Max Williams, the Gopher, uh, Minnesota Golden Gopher tight end, uh, as the backup there with Dan Arnold as the starter. Uh, and, you know, Arnold isn't necessarily a... Uh, <laughs> A jump-off-the-sheet numbers guy, as you look at last year, uh, 2019 stats, played five games, was targeted 14 times, eight catches, 127 yards, but two touchdowns. So he does have a nose for the end zone in the limited time that we did see him out there. And I'll tell you, the Cardinals, their, uh, their personnel department apparently had their eye on him before the Saints waved him and pounced once they did. Uh, Max Williams still considered the team starter, but I think that Arnold's going to be the guy that's going to be the the heavily used guy in the red zone, but we'll see. Max Williams, I mean, he for all of you that watched any gopher games, uh, he was a hell of a player. So, you know, once again, a good problem to have if you're the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray. So uh, pretty excited to see uh, what he's going to do this season. They've had a couple injuries here and there during the preseason on their offensive line, but nobody that's serious, uh, nobody that's really a serious uh, um person on the line we did see Marcus Gilbert opt out the right tackle uh for COVID reasons so um but that's a minor thing when you look at the overall lineup that they have there uh the other sleeper that uh, I guess you wouldn't really necessarily call him a a sleeper but uh a person that I've been uh looking at this uh this offseason as somebody to keep your eye on because it's only a matter of time before uh an injury may hit is Cleveland you look at Kareem Hunt Nick Chubb, he was on my team. He did great. He had a, many, many good weeks last season, but he got worn down. And I think that, you know, that's one of those things that can really stick with the running back. Kareem Hunt has had plenty of time to think about his problems that he had that he had to deal with. And uh, when he was out there, he looked pretty darn good. And he is the third down running back as of now. Chubb no longer has that designation. Uh, he's just the goal line and the number one running back. So, Watch for Kareem Hunt. I mean, he is—he uh, was arguably the number one running back two seasons ago uh, coming out of the league there. So and you mix that with Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, 
Richard, uh, Richard Higgins at wide receiver, and then Austin Hooper and David Njoku as your tight ends. That's a powerful offense again. But we did see two of their left guards uh, opted out, uh, COVID reasons. But from start to finish there, you got uh, Jedrick Wills, Joel Betonio, J.C. Treader, Wyatt Tyler, and Jack Conklin as your offensive line. A pretty solid line in front of them. So uh, watch out for Kareem Hunt. I think he's going to have one heck of a year. Uh, heading over to the NFC North, though. That's where uh, most of us' interest is as far as our, our, our love for our teams, at least. Uh, in real life, not fantasy. And you're looking at the quarterback play here. I mean, Rodgers, Stafford, uh, obviously Kirk Cousins. <clears throat> and then the big question mark in Chicago <laughs> is what are we going to see out of Nick Foles uh, with Mitchell Trubisky backing him up? We already have the David Montgomery injury uh, in Chicago there. Uh, so Tariq Cohen going to get a little bit more of a active role and then we'll see if Allen Robinson can continue on some of his success and Anthony Miller, Ted Ginn now the wide receiver three there in Chicago and they picked up Jimmy Graham Uh, I mean big letdown for Nick's team last season didn't do a whole lot so we'll see if it actually comes to fruition that Jimmy Graham lives up to his old old persona and not what we've seen the past couple seasons I'm really excited about AJ Dillon in Green Bay I mean we had Aaron Jones led the league in touchdowns last year uh, but uh, absolutely unbelievable uh, pre, uh, excuse me, not preseason. I guess you could call it a preseason, not really. Uh, but the camp and the way he's been just looking out there, A.J. Dillon already listed at number two ahead of Jamal Williams. Uh, and I think he'll be the goal line back before it's even said and done. So definitely exciting. Wide receivers, ugh. You know, they really didn't make a move. They did make a move for Devin Funches, but he opted out. So we're looking, once again, Devontae Adams is going to have a big year with Rod, hopefully for Rodgers. Um, and Alan Lazard is the wide receiver number two right now. So MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scanling, just like we've heard the last two years, what a great camp he's had. Well, let's see if he can take that into the season here. You look over uh, the lake, uh, Lake Michigan over at Detroit, I mentioned Matt Stafford. Uh, been around for a long time and he's had to deal with a lot of issues uh, whether it be people getting hurt or just a bad Detroit Lions team well I think they're a scary uh, a scary out for anybody playing them this year carry on Johnson and DeAndre Swift a great running back tandem there they run that fullback with Nick Bodden in their offense but then their wide receivers with Kenny Galladay Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola pretty solid and then you're looking uh, they would have had Geronimo Allison as well from Green Bay but he opted out because of COVID but then the tight ends with TJ Hawkinson and Jesse James uh I'm I'm thinking that this Detroit team is capable of winning 10 games this season if they don't lose those uh, close ones by three or four points like we've seen so often. Um, but you go to Minnesota now, and that is a team that, well, you know, they've always had these preseason expectations and things always seem to fall apart other than their run to the NFC title game recently. Uh, Kirk Cousins, you know, solid. He, he, he does well. He, he doesn't... Fantasy-wise, he does great because he throws the ball downfield. He's got a receiver like Adam Thielen who stretches the field. Now they have Tajay Sharp, Ola B.C. Johnson, and the rookie Justin Jefferson. That's the big sleeper I had for my wide receiver group in the NFC North. We'll see what he can do this season. Uh, Kyle Rudolph slowed down quite a bit as we've seen the last couple of years, but he's still a red zone target. Uh, for uh, for the quarterback there in Minnesota. But I think Irv Smith is going to be another breakout there. So a couple of young guys, a rookie and a second-year player uh, with Riley Reef signing now, Pat Elfline at guard, Garrett Bradbury, uh, Drew Smia, and Brian O'Neill. 
It's a very questionable offensive line, though, so that's what you got to watch out for with Minnesota almost every year, it seems like, uh, if they have those issues. So uh, that brings me now to the last couple things I want to go over here. I could talk about the whole league here, but I don't want you guys to be on your podcast here for two hours. So I really wanted to talk about two teams, and that's New Orleans and the New York Football Giants. I mean, New Orleans every year, they're always, you know, they've been a the team that it's like, okay, their offense is going to put up big numbers and Drew Brees. Well, Brees has definitely slowed down the last couple of years. Uh, he has big games here and there, but it's not as consistent as we've seen. But Elvin Kamara, uh, big letdown for me last year for a lot of the season, dealt with injuries, dealt with just not producing the way he was supposed to. And Latavius Murray got a lot of the carries as well there. So it'll be interesting to see Kamara. He's their three down back. He's listed as their goal line, third down, and their number one. So we'll see what he does. They have the number one wide receiver in many of our eyes, Michael Thomas, along with Emmanuel Sanders and Traquan Smith. Uh, And then you put Jared Cook and Josh Hill at tight end there. A lot of weapons again. And that offensive line is solid for New Orleans. So I think uh, this is make or break for Drew Brees. This is probably his last season. Uh, We got Taysom Hill sitting there, uh, Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill behind him. Uh, We'll see if... uh, they use Taysom Hill like they did in the playoffs. I think a lot of D coordinators are scheming for that now, so maybe there'll be a better answer than what we saw last season where he was just running roughshod on, on teams, so it'll be interesting. But the New York Giants, lastly, uh, really excited to see what they're going to come out with uh, Daniel Jones in his sophomore season here. Uh, you know, last year he... <laughs> He really, uh, he really surprised a lot of us. Some people said there's no way he's going to be anything. What a terrible pick, and why would they do that? And I think a lot of us were thinking the same thing on draft day. OMG, OMG indeed. And uh, by the end of the uh, season, though, I think we were looking in the direction of that squad, and we were saying, you know, uh, looking a lot better. You guys are doing pretty good, you know. You guys are doing good. Yeah, they're doing good. <laughs> And you got the number one running back, in my eyes, maybe in the entire NFL in Saquon Barkley. Uh, And, you know, he's going to get the ball, he's going to catch the ball, and he's going to take it to the house. Mix that with Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, and Darius Slayton. Uh, Not too shabby uh, whatsoever. Evan Ingram, though, their tight end, is dealing with an injury right now. So we'll see uh, how serious that is. And then Nate Solder, the right tackle, opted out with COVID. Um, but I think the Giants are a team that you really need to watch out for because they have that running back that can take over a game. Just like the Vikings, I didn't mention Delvin Cook. If he stays healthy, you have a running back that can take over a game. Uh, I mean, Alexander Madison, we saw what he could do last year. He was a serviceable back. But with Kel- uh, Delvin Cook not in there, it was really noticeable. So I think overall what we're going to see in this year's draft is there's a lot of running backs out there now that are three down backs. And it didn't seem like when I'd be going through the depth chart the last couple of years, you wouldn't see nearly as much of that. So I think you're going to see uh, a lot more 20 to 25 point games on a regular basis from some backs that you might think would be sharing time, but it's not the case so much anymore. So uh, we'll have to see what happens with that. And uh, going forward, I'm pretty excited for this. It's going to be a great draft. Uh, we're going to have a lot of surprise picks, I think. I've, I think that the... The uh, just take a running, get two good running backs and, and ride them isn't, hasn't really ever been the, the philosophy of our league, but I think even more so now with COVID, with just everything that's going on, I think it's the, the kind of year that you want to try to make a, uh, make a splash by doing something big. I know, Paul, you're the master of doing that. I Hopefully uh, you'll get on this call with me today uh, and we can, we can talk about that a little bit too. But uh, moving forward here, I think it's going to be uh, uh, 
it's going to be the kind of season where you're going to see those sleepers are the guys that are going to are going to win people some championships or win them some games to get them to the championships. So uh, having said that, I want to go into the draft specifics, just looking at the teams here in our specific league, get away from the NFL news here and uh, look at that now. And now we'd like to bring you a little segment we called Full of Schmitz. I dress myself in cashmere. I dress myself in hundred dollar freedom pride. Who made this coat? You go bust, I'm Ali. You set up broke hell. And I just start jack. You keep your mouth shut, I'm gonna go in and slap your face. This week's edition of Full of Schmidt is totally about the draft. Uh, we're only a couple days away here, so it's pretty exciting. And, well, Nate and Beth, they got the number one pick. Uh, and everybody's wondering which direction are they going to go. It seems pretty likely that we're going to see a running back uh, going up the board in the first few picks here. It was kind of par for the course last year, so I think we're going to see pretty much the same thing again. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, he's, he's going number one in many many mock drafts so I mean if but you know when it comes to fantasy football or real real football if you think you know a guy that you really want to get and you want to make sure you get him well then you actually need to go after him but I mean Christian McCaffrey what can you say about the guy I mean he's been so consistent 287 attempts last season 1300 almost 1400 yards five yards a carry he's average basically the last two seasons he had 116 receptions last year and 107 the year before, and he went for 1,000 yards receiving, too. So 19 total touchdowns, kind of the total package um, in that offense. So you, you wonder if he's going to be able to hold up, though, which is a good question because it just takes one injury to take him out a few weeks, and then he's maybe the fifth, sixth best running back as far as the whole year. And, you know, if he gets hurt worse, or let's just say if – he has a slump because it happens to all the running backs pretty much at some point in their career. And it might be, you know, just for one season or it could be a, a trend. But I don't see that happening with McCaffrey anytime soon. But you never know, I guess. And you might be looking at Saquon Barkley as well over there in New York. I had kind of mentioned that office ha- offense has me kind of excited. Well, I mean, Barkley went for a 1,000 yards last year. He, he suffered that injury. But once again, here's another back who's averaging almost five yards a carry uh, two years ago and then about four and a half to 4.6 yards last year. Um, he still gets the ball in the end zone and he gets quite a few yards uh, receiving as well. Uh, and he's in a division with defenses that, uh, you know, in my opinion, are not, uh, not that frightening if you're a running back, to be honest. Uh, Philadelphia, who knows where that defense is going to be going here in the next couple of years with uh, the turmoil you've seen over the past couple with some players coming and going. 
Um, in Dallas, you know, say what you want. Yeah, they can have a good defense at times, but uh, some running backs have just gashed them for big uh, big yards. And then the Washington football team, I still got to get used to saying that. Uh, same thing. So Barkley's a good a good looking pick as well. And then, you know, you're looking at Zeke Elliott as well. He's a player that uh, uh, demands attention because, you know, feed Zeke as, as the saying goes. And as you could see last season, I mean, he went for almost 1,400 yards. He had 300 carries once again. That's two years in a row with 13 carry, or excuse me, 300 carries, averaging right around four and a half to 4.7 yards a carry. And he actually had 12 rushing touchdowns last year. So doubled his uh, total uh, rushing touchdowns from the year before. So Zeke's going to get the ball and, you know, they got an explosive offense. And with that passing game, Cooper over the top uh, and just some of the weapons that they have and Dak Prescott, which is with his legs as well. Uh, I think uh, Zeke is always a very dangerous pick, but you never know with that Cowboys team. They're so Jekyll and Hyde at times. It's it's kind of funny how they don't hand Zeke the ball even more. I mean, 300 carries is a lot, but I tell you, that guy wants the ball even more. And a guy who wants the ball more, and he did get that chance last year, is Delvin Cook over in Minnesota. And, I mean, 250 carries last year, over 1,100 yards. I mean, you get to see what he could really do. And He's been a 4.5 to 4.8 yard a carry guy. Uh, but last year he was able to get those 13 touchdowns and get pretty much a full season in. And he looked, he looked very dynamic, uh, just as people knew he was. Just the question with him is, can he stay healthy? So, you know what, those first three picks, I think you're going to see one of those backs coming off the board. And maybe even Derrick Henry, if someone's really in love with him. Uh, you know, I could see that potentially happening. I mean, there's a guy, again, 303 carries just like Zeke, but 1,540 yards last year. Uh, averaging 5.1 yards a carry with 16 touchdowns uh, running the ball, and he also had a couple through the air. So, I mean, there's a guy that, I mean, we saw it in the playoffs too. He can he can take the take the workload and just ram it down that defense's throat. And at his size, and, you know, he's only 26 years of age, and, you know, 240 pounds, 6'3", he's coming into those D-backs and making them not want much by the fourth quarter. So you can get a lot of garbage time even in losing efforts with him as well. Because uh, people don't want to want to tackle the big guy. So, if you don't see that happening, though, I think what you're going to see is a quarterback. Uh, and I think those first three, maybe four picks uh, with Nate and Beth, uh, Paul, and Avery uh, at one and two, and then we got Dan Zaremba and Will Folks uh, um, at three and four there. And it, it really does look like running backs. But I could see Dan potentially. Dan's a big fan of those wide receivers. So I could see him taking a look over at Michael Thomas, perhaps, or I know he was a big fan of uh, um, uh, DeAndre Hopkins as well, uh, with his new new team over there in uh, in Arizona with that Kyler Murray with a very dynamic quarterback. It could be tempting as well to keep uh, keep the trend going with a really unbelievable wide receiver. But I would say that, in my opinion, the receiver that I would really be most afraid of is. Michael Thomas after having almost 150 catches last year and uh, he's only got nine touchdowns for his best year but I mean when you're getting that many catches for uh, unfortunately our league isn't PPR but it's a it's a it's unbelievable to see somebody do what he did last year and Drew Brees still looked very dynamic throwing the ball very well and speaking of Drew Brees that brings me to the uh, the quarterbacks here because as I mentioned 
I think that's what we're going to see probably going off the board between five and five and nine. I think someone's going to want to get a couple of these because you get a guy that can get you 40, 50 points in certain weeks and average between 30 and 40 uh, pretty much every week of the season. That's a, a nice guy to have on your roster, and there's a couple of them out there. Uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson, last year's MVP. I mean, what can you say about the guy? Uh, pretty dynamic for a quarterback to put up the numbers that we saw with 400 attempts last year for uh, 3,100 uh, yards passing and then 36 touchdowns and only six interceptions. So throwing the ball all over the place. Uh, he did, he did uh, lose a couple fumbles, but that was not uh, during passing situations. It was during rushing situations. And Understandably so. He had 176 carries for 1,206 yards, averaging seven yards a carry, seven touchdowns. Um, he did fumble eight times, but he only lost two of those. So that is just Madden-like numbers. It's just crazy to see. Can he do it two years in a row? I'm not sure because, yeah, it was his sophomore year technically uh, last season, but it wasn't his sophomore year necessarily getting every start. So we'll see if those D coordinators figure him out, because if they don't, I mean, it's definitely going to happen again. They're going to run the ball with their backs that, like they always do. Mark Ingram, I'm sure, will have another good year there, um, and he's got the targets to throw to as well. So watch out for him him again this year. But the, the, big, the big guy that's on the board, I think, for all of us, I know Paul... He's a big fan of him. I don't. I don't think he's got the the guts to take him at two. Maybe he does, but that's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he just got that big contract, uh, humongous contract, um, fifty million dollars a year uh, over ten years, five hundred mil, bunch of it guaranteed. I mean, that guy. Uh, he's worth every penny, though. You look at the numbers he's putting up. I mean, just mind-boggling. I mean, two years ago, his MVP season, five thousand yards, fifty touchdowns. Um, but even last year at 4,000 yards with missing some games and being injured and going 26-5 and five, uh, touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, the guy can do just some real crazy stuff uh, with that football, whether he's throwing no-look passes uh, or just throwing a perfect teardrop 45, 50 yards down the field. So, I, I mean, you know, we've seen quarterbacks go number one. I wouldn't be surprised if either one of those two guys that I just mentioned there uh, did get taken up that high, but... Uh, just, you know, what we see in mock drafts and just what we've seen in our drafts pretty much. Running backs are are valued, but I think you're seeing more and more, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, of these backs who actually, uh, you know, are three down backs, and there's a lot more of them, so it's they're kind of less at a premium at the top of the draft, in my opinion. And then you're looking at some of these other quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson. I mean, here's a guy that. You know, he can put up huge numbers if they can keep him healthy, but the offensive line needs to help him with that. I mean, 4,000 yards, uh, four, almost 4,200 yards two years ago, and going up toward upwards of 4,000 yards last year, 26 touchdowns both years, and then he's a dynamic runner, getting five touchdowns, seven touchdowns, and right around 500 yards the last couple of years. So there's a guy, once again, he lost his best weapon, though. I still don't get that trade the way that they did it. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, you know, there's not much he can do about it. He's not the general manager. Uh, but I'm sure he'll make do with the, the wide receivers that he does have there and just the offense that he can run because he is just that skilled of a player. So, I mean, you're looking picks one through nine. I think that covers most of the players we'd see going at that point. But you never know. There could be another wide receiver taken. Someone might value one of those tight ends. I mean, we're talking Kelsey. We're talking... Um, we're talking a lot of different guys at tight end, and you know there's some sleepers out there too. 
think people look at somebody like Kyle Rudolph as a big end zone target, but look at Minnesota's Irv Smith. There's a guy that can get in there, get dirty, uh, blocking a lot better than he was in college at Alabama, but of course he's known as a, as a pass catcher. So I think you're going to see him uh, pretty much take the reins because he can stretch the field, and they need that now that Stefan Diggs is gone. And I think you're going to see him getting a lot more action uh, than some people, I think, think. I mean, you can see, you can read articles online. There's some people talking about him as a sleeper, but not enough, in my opinion, just from what he showed last year and what he's been showing in camp, uh, according to everybody that's been watching so far. So, I mean, we got Will, as I said, at four, Heidi and myself at five and six, uh, Chris French, Elijah, seven and eight, and then Rennie at nine. So then, you know, in those bottom four picks, we got the, the husbands and wives. We got... Rennie and Michelle at 9 and 12, and Nick and Becky at 10 and 11, so they're going to be doing a lot of picking right around there, and uh, hopefully that they're not thinking the same things uh, that I am, because I don't want to see all my players fly off the board, that's why I'm trying to be pretty general here with everything that I'm talking about, but uh, you know, we'll see what happens, there's there's not much time left, I'm sitting here having a cocktail, wondering what's going to happen in the next couple days even, are there going to be some injuries at camp, are they pretty much done uh, running their camps, what's going on right now. We're a week away from game one, so uh, we'll see what happens and uh, look forward to seeing the strategy that all you guys have for the draft this year because in the end, uh, you know, it comes down to, yeah, who makes the best picks for the draft, but also who finds those sleepers and then eventually the free agents when they have to take care of finding a new pick. So uh, best of luck to you all, and I can't wait to get this season going and get this COVID crap behind us and uh, let's have something to smile and laugh about and have a good time. So don't be afraid to put something on the message board or on the text that's funny. You're not going to hurt my feeling. I encourage uh, uh, I encourage it. It, it, it. A good laugh is never a big uh, never a big issue for me during the day. I, I enjoy it when I'm driving around for work. So uh, can't wait, you guys, and let's have a great season. And thank you for joining me on this September 3rd edition of the North Remembers podcast. I'm John Schmidt. Hope to be joined soon by my friend and partner in crime, Rennie Lesperance, to take you on the roller coaster that is the 2020-2021 fantasy football season. Best of luck to you all, and we will see who will become the king or queen in the north.